Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Elena Fox. Ha, since this is the bonus, I thought I would add my bonus title. (laughs) Um, So this is your happy holiday bonus. I did not want to leave it hanging since there's only two chapters left in this book by Florence Scovel Shin. This is the secret door to success. She has one more book after this one. If you care to read it, you can contact me at mermaidgirl888 and I will tell you the name of it. Or you could just look it up yourself, of course. It's everywhere. Uh, It's all over the internet. You could, you know, obviously Google it. You can obviously uh, just look it up on YouTube and have somebody else read it for you. Um, You know, and and they won't add the comments like I do. (laughs) If something isn't quite right or, you know, when she says Jesus Christ, I say Jesus the Christ because Christ is a title and not his last name. So that's always been one of my pet peeves about the whole, uh, you know, religious thing. But, uh, other than that, I don't really change her words unless I'm stumbling a little bit or, or, uh, you know, sometimes I'll accidentally skip a word and, you know, it's just probably my ADHD or whatever. But, um, I just wanted to tell you guys, I hope you have a happy holiday season and, um, and here you go. Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead now and read this, uh, marvelous book to you. And I hope that you do use the suggestions in it. This book talks about the law of attraction, the law of assumption, and the law of expectancy. And the wisdom contained within her words is out of this world, really and truly. She has top-notch suggestions for affirmations. So hopefully you will be able to take her words and reword them to your uh, purposes and that you'll have great results. And if you want to talk about this or anything else or get a reading or make a donation or any of those things, you may contact me at mermaidgirl888 on Instagram. It's the easiest way because I'm, I'm on that app several days a week, not every day, but many days a week. And checking my messages basically so there you go all right this is the final part of Florence Scoville Shins the secret door to success chapter 13 rivers in the desert behold I will do a new thing now it shall spring forth shall ye not know it I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert Isaiah 43:19 In this 43rd chapter of Isaiah are many wonderful statements showing the irresistible power of supreme intelligence coming to man's rescue in times of trouble no matter how impossible the situation seems infinite intelligence knows the way out Working with God prayer, man becomes unconditioned and absolute. Let us get a realization of this hidden power that we can call upon at any moment. Make your contact with infinite intelligence, the God within, 
and all appearance of evil evaporates, for it comes from man's vain imaginings. In my question and answer class, I would be asked, how do you make a conscious contact with this invincible power? In reply, by your word. By your word, you are justified. The centurion said to Jesus the Christ, Speak the word, Master, and my servant shall be healed. Whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Notice the word call. You are calling on the Lord, or law, when you make an affirmation of truth. As I always say, take a statement which clicks. That means gives you a feeling of security. People are enslaved by ideas of lack, lack of love, lack of money, lack of companionship, lack of health, and so on. They are enslaved by the ideas of interference and incompletion. They are asleep in the Adamic dream. Adam, generic generic man, ate of Maya, the tree of illusion, and saw two powers, good and evil. The Christ mission was to wake people up to the truth of one power, God. Awake thou that sleepeth. If you lack any good thing, you are still asleep to your good. How you awake from the Adamic dream of opposites after having slept soundly in the race thought for hundreds of years. Jesus the Christ said, when two of you agree, it shall be done. It is the law of agreement. It is almost impossible to see clearly your good for yourself. That is where the healer, practitioner, or friend is necessary. Most successful men say they have succeeded because their wives believed in them. I will quote from a current newspaper giving Walter P. Chrysler's tribute to his wife. Nothing, he once said, has given me more satisfaction in life than the way my wife had faith in me from the very first through all those years. Chrysler wrote of her, It seemed to me I could not make anyone understand that I was ambitious, except Della. I could tell her and she would nod. It seems to me I even dared to tell her that I had intended some day to be a master mechanic. She always backed his ambitions. Talk about your affairs as little as possible and then only to the ones who will give you encouragement and inspiration. The world is full of wet blankets, people who will tell you it can't be done, that you are aiming too high. As people sit in truth, meetings and services, often a word or an idea will open a way into the wilderness. Of course, the Bible is speaking of states of consciousness. You are in a wilderness or desert when you are out of harmony, when you are angry, resentful, fearful, or undecided. Indecision is the cause of much ill health, being unable to make up your mind. One day when I was in a bus, a woman stopped it and asked the conductor its destination. He told her, but she was undecided. She got halfway on and then got off and then on again. The conductor turned to her and said, Lady, make up your mind. So it is with so many people. Ladies, make up your minds. Um, me, Elena, I'd like to add, gentlemen, make up your minds as well. <laughs> 
The intuitive person is never undecided. He is given his leads and hunches and goes boldly ahead knowing he's on the magic path. In truth, we always ask for definite leads, just what to do. You will always receive one if you ask for it. Sometimes it comes as intuition, sometimes from the external. One of my students named Ada was walking down the street undecided whether to go to a certain place or not. She asked for a lead. Two women were walking in front of her. One woman turned to the other and said, why don't you go, Ada? The woman's name just happened to be Ada. My friend took it as a definite lead and went on to her destination and the outcome was very successful. We really lead magic lives, guided and provided for at every step if we have ears to hear and eyes that see. Of course, we have left the plane of the intellect and are drawing from the superconscious, the God within, which says, this is the way, walk ye in it. Whatever you should know will be revealed to you. Whatever you lack will be provided. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. People who live in the past have severed their contact with the wonderful now. God knows only the now. Now is the appointed time. Today is the day. Many people lead lives of limitation, hoarding and saving, afraid to use what they have, which brings more lack and more limitation. I give the example of a woman who lived in a small country town. She could scarcely see to get about and had very little money. A kind friend took her to an occultist, occultist, oh, I'm sorry, not occultist, sorry, oculist. Obviously, I need an oculist because I couldn't see there was no T. <laughs> I thought this was spelled wrong. I was thinking there was not, there's only one C in this word. It's O-C-U-L-I-S-T, oculist. That means eye doctor. I don't think I've ever heard that in modern times. So that's kind of funny. I always heard of optometrist or ophthalmologist, but oculist seems to be a word of the past. All right, let me reread the sentence now. A kind friend took her to an oculist and presented her with glasses, which enabled her to see perfectly. Sometime later, she met her on the street without the glasses. She exclaimed, where are your glasses? The woman replied, well, you don't expect me to hack them out by using them every day, do you? I only wear them on Sundays. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> you must live in the now and be wide awake to your opportunities. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This message is meant for the individual. Think of your problem and know that infinite intelligence knows the way of fulfillment. I say the way for before you called, you were answered. The supply always precedes the demand. God is the giver and the gift and now creates his own amazing channels. When you have asked for the divine plan of your life to manifest, you are protected from getting the things that are not in the divine plan. You may think that all your happiness depends upon obtaining one particular thing in life. Later on, you praise the Lord that you didn't get it. 
Sometimes you are tempted to follow the reasoning mind and argue with your intuitive leads. Suddenly the hand of destiny pushes you into your right place and under grace you find yourself back on the magic path again. You are now wide awake to your good. You have the ears that hear your intuitive leads and the eyes which see the open road of fulfillment. The genius within me is released. I now fulfill my destiny. Chapter 14 The Inner Meaning of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves Dwarfs D-W-R-A-F-S <laughs> I have been asked to give a metaphysical interpretation of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, one of Grimm's fairy tales. It is amazing how this picture, a fairy story, swept sophisticated New York and the whole country due to Walt Genius's, I'm sorry, <laughs> Walt Disney's genius. See, skipped a word, ADHD. Sorry about that, guy. guys. See, skipped a letter. <laughs> oh, boy. Mercury retrograde shadow period is in true form. Okay, here we go. It is amazing how this picture, a fairy story, swept sophisticated New York and the whole country due to Walt Disney's genius. This fairy tale was supposed to be for children, but men and women have packed the theater. It is because fairy tales come down from the old legends of Persia, India, and Egypt, which are founded on truth. Snow White, the little princess, has a cruel stepmother who is jealous of her. This cruel stepmother idea also appears in Cinderella. Nearly everyone has a cruel stepmother. <laughs> God knows I did. Sorry, I had to interject there because that just was begging for me to say that. Anyway, <laughs> back to the book. The cruel stepmother is a negative thought form that you have built up in the subconscious. I'm going to say that again. The cruel stepmother <laughs> The cruel stepmother is a negative thought form you have built up in the subconscious. Snow White's cruel stepmother is jealous of her and always keeps her in rags and in the background. All cruel thought forms do this. The cruel stepmother consults her magic mirror every day saying Magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? One day the mirror replies, Thou queen mayest fair and beauteous be, but Snow White is lovelier far than thee. This enrages the queen, so she decides to send Snow White to the forest to be killed by one of her servants. However, the servant's heart melts when Snow White begs for her life, so he leaves her in the woods. The woods are filled with terrifying animals and many pitfalls and dangers. She falls in terror to the ground, and while there, a most unusual spectacle presents itself. Scores of the most delightful little animals and birds creep up and surround her. Rabbits, squirrels, deer, beavers, raccoons, etc. She opens her eyes and greets them with pleasure. They are so friendly and attractive. She tells her story and they lead her to a little house which she makes her home. Now, these friendly birds and animals symbolize our intuitive leads or hunches, which are 
always ready to get you out of the woods. This little house provides or proves to be the home of the seven dwarfs. Everything is in disorder. So Snow White and her animal friends begin to clean the house. The squirrels dust with their tails. The birds hang things up using the little deer's horns for a hat rack. When the seven dwarfs come home from their work of digging gold, they discover the change and at, la at last find Snow White asleep on one of the beds. In the morning, she tells her story, remains with them to keep house and cook their meals, and is very happy. The seven dwarves symbolize the protective forces all about us. In the meantime, the cruel stepmother consults her mirror, and it says to her, Over the hills in the greenwood shade, where the seven dwarves their dwelling have made, there Snow White is hiding her head, and she is lovelier far, O oh queen, than thee. This infuriates the queen, so she starts off disguised as an old hag with a poisoned apple for Snow White. She finds her in the house of the seven dwarfs and tempts her with a big red luscious apple. The birds and animals endeavor to tell her not to touch it. They try to give her the hunch not to eat it. They rush around in dismay, but Snow White can't resist the apple. She takes one bite and falls, apparently dead. Now all the little birds and animals rush off to bring the seven dwarfs to the rescue, but too late, Snow White lies lifeless. They all bow their little heads in grief. Then suddenly the prince appears, kisses Snow White, and she comes to life. They are married and live happily ever after. The queen, the cruel stepmother, is swept away by a terrific storm. All right. Um, didn't he remove the piece of apple from her mouth? Because she didn't actually chew and swallow the bite. She actually, in the original story anyway, of course, it's always with a kiss uh, in the Disney movies. But it's kind of... I'm, I'm keeping it in my mind that, wait a minute, she didn't actually, they just needed to remove the apple out of her mouth. That would remove the spell. Anyway, I digress. Let's get back to the book. The old thought form is dissolved and dissipated forever. The prince symbolizes the divine plan of your life. When it wakes you up, you live happily ever after. This is the fairy story which has enthralled New York and the whole country. Find out what form of tyranny your cruel stepmother is taking in your subconscious. It is some negative conviction which works out in all your affairs. We hear people saying, my good always comes to me too late, or I've lost so many opportunities, or etc. We must reverse the thought and say repeatedly, I am wide awake to my good, I never miss a trick. We must drown out the dreary suggestions of the cruel stepmother. Eternal vigilance is the price of freedom from these negative thought forms. We must drown out the dreary suggestions of the cruel stepmother. Eternal vigilance is the price of freedom from these negative thought forms.
Nothing can hinder, nothing can delay the manifestation of the divine plan of my life. The light of lights streams on my pathway, revealing the open road of fulfillment. So there you have it. Uh, Book four is the power of the spoken word. If you want to check it out, uh, you may look at it. You know, look it up on, on Google or whatever, but there you guys go. Your 20-minute little metaphysical soul speak bonus. Well, probably it's going to be about 22 minutes at this point. But, all right, guys, I love you very, very much, and I hope you have enjoyed this book, and I hope you have enjoyed this season of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I also hope you have enjoyed this year. A metaphysical soul speak the podcast this will make it i think what is it 121 episodes that i've done this year for you guys i will be back in about six weeks more or less sometime in february with a brand new format and my one hour a week show have a wonderful holiday season stay safe stay sane remember you are divine you are holy And I'll be back in 2023. See you next year. I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time, guys, peace.